Good evening and welcome to episode 18 of the Football Revisited podcast. We're getting closer and closer to the end of the season. I'd be pleased to hear that we have a full squad. Sorry, Please uh, be aware that I shall be stuttering through this as this is not the, the normal for me. But we've got a full squad once again, back-to-back weeks. We're pushing towards the end of the season. I'm joined by the mop himself, Keir Sims, in centre midfield. Just behind him in the holding role, we have Luke Buttle. And providing the goals from midfield, we have Nathan Burke. For this evening, I am your host, Rob Bowen, and I do not fit in this midfield trio. Good evening, Jen. How are we feeling? We all good? Safran, Rob. Good intro. Yeah, Rob. I am radiant. Fantastic to hear. How, how have our weeks been? Well, not we'll bad. start with a positive. Bad. Spurs won again. Bale scored twice. I mean, who am I to say Bale's crap? <laughs> Guy's a legend. Outside football, yeah, sound. Yeah. yeah, we're not here to discuss football, are we? Yeah, don't. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> let the title mislead you. Let's let's not mention football on this podcast. <laughs> right, so on to our first segment. So we're going to cover a topic that doesn't get much of a mention, seeing as we're supporters of clubs that normally finish in the top six. That could easily change this season. But we're going to be looking at the bottom of the table, the fight to survive, the relegation battle. So from 15th to 20th, we have six teams in the order of Burnley, Brighton, Newcastle, Fulham, West Brom and Sheffield United. Uh, so, boys, what are your thoughts on these teams? Who's doing well? Who's staying up and who's going down? I feel Burke should start, Simeon. He gave the hot take a couple of months ago. Uh, which, to be okay. fair, Rob backed me up on it. He did. It was me and Rob versus Bats and Sims on the Fulham to stay up argument. And Scotty P is... Looking good at the moment, to prove us right, uh, with the help of Steve Bruce's floundering Newcastle. Um, but no, I, Fulham playing some lovely football. And th- the thing is, they've played lovely football throughout. It's just uh, that Adrobayo, centre-back, he's looking quality. Uh, Ariola, he has been one of the best players all season, one of the best goalkeepers in the league. And he just, yeah, they're playing really well. So Fulham are still my team to stay up. Yeah, good, good last seven games for Fulham as well. Three wins, three draws, only one loss. Some big wins is that, there as well. Not the uh, relegation from that, is it? Yeah, good, good, good form. What about you, Sims? Yeah, no, I, I think Fulham are playing well at the moment, so it's hard to look past them. I mean, I would be really worried if I was Newcastle right now. They've got a ton of injuries. And I think you can get sucked into these things and... The thing that gets you out normally is just a good team spirit and you can pull a result or two away, you know, out of nowhere and you look at a team and you look at everything goes on in that club and you think that's, that is a club that's in, in dire straits and I just don't see, I don't see the quality but I don't see either the togetherness to be able to pull it together. So I think if Newcastle are to survive this year, it'll be more down to the fact that there are two of the teams and Sheffield who, were, who have damaged themselves more than Newcastle have been able to stay up. Mm. But we know you're a, a huge Sam Aldice fan. Um, we can all agree that Sheffield United are pretty doomed right there at the bottom. But where do Brett West Brom come into this? Any any yeah. chance of survival? No, I think I think they've they've done well to um, you could say claw back a little bit. But looking at where they the eight points off, no, I, I think that's too much of a gap at this stage of the season. You know they've they've scrapped well. As you'd expect from a Sam Aldo's team, yeah, I don't think there's enough enough quality. Um, 
And yeah, I think they have to beat Newcastle on the weekend, just gone. They have to win that game. And yeah, I think it tells you everything about those two teams. To draw nil-nil, you know, you got a chance there to put a marker down if you Newcastle, put pressure on the other teams. And it's just gone roles reversed, considering Fulham went to Anfield and won. Um, so yeah, if I'm a Newcastle fan, I'd be very concerned. Very concerned. Because they just feel like they're drifting towards the bottom. And yeah, I think, I think they'll go down, to be honest. It's like the big Sam yeah. tactic that what he tries to do is he makes teams hard to beat, and he? he doesn't go to win, he goes to just yeah. draw and if you can get anything extra. But it's taken him a lot longer to do that West Brom. Like they're starting to do it now, to be fair. But he needed it to be instant in January. He needed the results to pick up, and it's just taken him a bit too long to find that kind of resilience that, um, that they need. If he had an extra like two months, if they hired him two months before, I think they might be a little bit, I think they might be level on points or something like that. Yeah, yeah just, I think he'll run out of time. Yeah, I don't think he'll. I, I can't see him staying in the championship. I don't know about you guys, but no, I don't know. The West Brom job is not a an attractive job. I don't think. Yeah, they're such a yo-yo club, and they so. Yeah, I don't know where Big Sam goes after that. Then. I think I think this just shows though that what you really need to stay in the Prem is just that little bit of quality. So I think a Fulham, you look at for example uh, Lookman, and he just has that spark, and he gets you going. You know. They've got Lamine then in the midfield, he's a decent player. And then with the fact you know, you add in that they got that manager now, but also that the Bobby Reed, okay, he's not you know the best, but you know, he's a, he'll get you a goal or two. And that's yeah. probably what West Brom and Sheffield United are struggling with. They haven't got that just that little spark. It's all very much <clears throat> sorry, it's all very much just you know, the same kind of same kind of players, same you know, when when that doesn't work, you need that extra little spark from somewhere. And yeah. I just think they haven't got it. It's recruitment, though, at the end of the day. That's, that's what keeps you up. And Fulham, yeah. you know, like you said, Berg, Ariola's come in. That save he made in the weekend for, from the shot. Unbelievable save. You know, he's played for PSG. I think he was a Real Madrid as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Ariola, so he's obviously got something about him. And yeah, that Anderson has played well. He's come in, that centre-back. Yeah. The spine of the team, off the cheeks, all right. And yeah, they say this manager has come in and looked okay as well. So. thing yeah. is, they play attacking as well, so they exactly. score goals and... That's yeah. something the other teams around them are not able to do. Yeah, I think you know. I, do, I think we all probably sorry, Rob. I think we all expect Burnley probably to step though, answering your question because I mean we've been talking about this for a good five minutes now, and not once has Burnley been mentioned because I think everyone just seems to think, feel yeah they'd be alright. Yeah, I think there's worse than them. Sean Dice has been in this situation before, and he's proven that though no, this isn't a like a, a foreign environment for him, and. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think they're more secure. Any, any, any thoughts about Bright- Brighton with Graham Potter? Maybe they've got they are, they do have some quality in in that team, but the, no consistency really there with the quality. I think they're far worse than people think they are, but then I also think they're far better than, for example, Newcastle. So for me, they would stay up because of that. But I asked the question the other day. At what point do we just say, actually, they're not very good? Because you keep hearing this idea, oh, Brighton are a really good team, they're just unlucky. But, well, you know, you don't really lose that many games. And in the manner they're losing, you know, you can play you can play nice football all you like. But, you know, they play nice football in patches. Because that's another thing as well. You know, it, it does annoy me a bit where it's like a free pass because, oh, yeah, they play good football. Yeah, but they're not getting results at all. Yeah. They keep I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I like Brighton, see? I'm, I like them. A lot of people hesitant to kind of write them off because I do think they are a good team. I like how they play. I like the players they've got. 
I think they've been very unlucky with the penalties. Maupe started the season brilliantly. And Tariq Lamptey was like a key player for them. He's missed a lot of the season. I do think they have been really unlucky. And I think if they were to get um, a striker and do score goals at that level consistently, I think you'd see them shoot up the table. Yeah. Nothing, I think, in, <clears throat> sorry, Russ, go on. I was just going to say, with Brighton, I think they've just kind of they, they kind of shot themselves in the foot, really, by, you know, they've missed chances, they've missed penalties, you know, they create a lot. I think it's just game after game after game. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's just like, it's just the same thing happens over and over and over again. What and I will some, say is we called it on last week's pod, the three at the back. The short-term impact it had, start yeah. the season, looking good. I know teams are just a bit more wise to it. Yeah, but I, I tend to agree with you, Berg. I do think they have been unlucky. If, if they had a half decent Premier League striker, they they would be nowhere near. Yeah, well, maybe not nowhere near, but they would they'd be quite safe, I think. By now. I th- yeah, I think so. Yeah. So if they had a fit Callum Wilson in their team, as opposed to Newcastle, I think they'd be. Yeah, definitely. Well up the league, but uh, yeah, I think Brighton would be alright. Do you reckon uh, it comes down to uh, the last uh, weekend? Last Sunday to decide who goes down. Well, I, I think West Brom Fulham New Fulham Newcastle playing each other last weekend season. They do indeed, yeah. That could be juicy, but it's got nil nil written all over it. <laughs> with Fulham probably tied on points, but with a better goal difference. Yeah, someone just yeah. Newcastle will need a goal and still play like ten men behind the ball or something, something stupid like that. Yeah. So. From the kind of like a general consensus, we've got Newcastle, West Brom, and Sheffield United going down. Do we all say that that's our that's our three? As much as I'd love to back the big Sam miracle, yeah. I'm going to say yeah. I think that's my three. You I tend to agree. Yeah, yeah. I'll, oh. I'll go along with it. I will well, go along with it. What we've said though, I think we've had the discussion before about like the teams at that side of the table. You can tell how good they are with what players can you see from that team staying in the Premier League next year? Who's getting picked off? I think we've had the discussion about Sheffield United. I don't think there's anyone in that team. Um, Newcastle, can you see anyone picking up? I can see a John Shelby and Carl Wilson, maybe. Uh, yeah, actually, as I'm saying, I'm seeing Lascelles. That same maximum won't, won't be playing Championship football. Yeah. I can't. Like, he'll, he'll leave England. I even think somebody would pick up. Was it Jamal Lewis? Yeah. When they signed this summer, I think someone would probably take a take a, a shot at him. Yeah. A few, that, I could see like Burnley buying Lascelles, someone like that. That's that's the reason that I'm, I'm hesitant because I, I feel like we do it all the time. It's just the nature of football, and it's not just that everyone does it. Where you get someone gets on a run, and it's like right, they're done, then they're fine. And and it's like well, you know, like it is that short term. Is it where we're like right away? Because you know, we did it with Liverpool, we've done it with every team going. I think at one stage it was conspiracy in the league. Then it was like, oh, am I like good enough to win this league? And do you know what I mean? It's like, Fulham are on a good run now, so it's easy for us to say, oh, yeah, that is. And I understand that they've been pretty but I also see, I could see them falling into a trap. And then all of a sudden you're thinking, oof. But it doesn't even take that. It takes Newcastle to just win three games. I don't know where. Yeah. And they could do that. The more I'm thinking about it, like I think Newcastle have probably got more players that would more than likely stay in the Prem if they went down than Fulham do. Half of Fulham's team is on loan. Yeah. That's the, that's the issue Fulham <laughs> West Brom, nobody. No, no one. 
Generally, yeah, well. um, and the thing is, when you play the type of way they play, it, that, and that includes Newcastle and West Brom, Fulham actually play decent football. So you can, there's a few players there you could see other places, but there's not many yeah. you could see fitting in in other teams. To be honest, what I would say is, t- take Fulham. I, you know, at the start of the season, everybody questioned them, and then Carragher said, and he, you know, I bet my house and that they're going to go down. But what's really stirred last week is they play Spurs in midweek. You know, big game, and they should have got a, a point at least because they were they played well in the second half and you know, VR chalked out a good goal in my opinion. Um, I think it shows a lot of character. Then they go. I know Liverpool are not playing well at Anfield, but still, it's Anfield. It's the champions, and I know they played a weakened team, but those players are better than Fulham's players, and they go there and win. And, and they won't just win. What I liked about them is yeah. they they, they turned well. up and played their own way. Like the fullbacks were overlapping, <laughs> which you see a lot of teams coming on yeah. field and go fullbacks stay back. We're not letting Salah in. But no, their fullbacks were still bombing forward. Salah had quite a lot of space at times. But Fulham were happy to take our risk and they deserved the three points. Oh, they were easily the better team. Easily the better team. And with Newcastle, you can you know, they've been down this road before where they've just drifted down and ended up going down and everyone's going, Oh, how are Newcastle relegated? And it feels that way again. I don't see them getting a good result and then backing it up with another good result away from home at you know, a top ten club. I can see yeah. them dropping and dropping just a bit of a free fall. Yeah, and I think that comes down to, like Sim said earlier, the kind of um, the team spirit at the moment. I think Fulham's is through the roof, must be at the moment. And you saw the celebrations after they won the game. Um, I think Scott Parker's got that team ticking and I can't see Bruce doing that. I can't see Bruce doing that round, especially after the stories last week with Matt Ritchie. I, I, do, I feel for him a bit, though. I, I, I feel for any new cast manager, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. It just seems like it's one thing after another that club and it's just like, I know, why you, I why you I'm saying it's toxic, isn't it? It, yeah. it is it's a really toxic place at the moment and it has been for years. And like you said, in a way, because you know, it's not even a Steve Bruce thing, it is anymore. It's a Newcastle thing. And that's yeah. the that's the problem. I've always felt the same with West Ham and because West Ham now they're doing really well. But I feel like, you know, if say they were to get a top top six section you know, on the gay Europa League. As soon as their form dips, you'll have people off to David Moyes straight away. Even if they're sitting in 10th yeah. or something next season. It's just the way those clubs are run and it's just the way they are, I think. Yeah. Uh, one last question. Uh, we don't tend to see it this, uh, but often at this time of the year, but about 10 games remaining for most clubs. Any, any chance you reckon any of those clubs would bring someone in to try and get them through the battle? I think Newcastle might. Yeah, just because I think if it goes maybe another two, three games, and they're not picking up any points, what have you got to lose? Just throw the dice on that someone new. Hand over Fulham, so they, I think they have eleven games left. But yeah, I can see, um, I can see Newcastle taking it and maybe going Eddie Howe or something, just as a morale kind of thing for the last ten games. If he keeps him up, he gets a three-year contract. I think Evans will win now. Yeah. There's two reasons I don't think Newcastle will do it. And I, I, I tend to say that I don't think anyone will. And it's not so much that they... Because first of all, they, they've, got a, they've got an owner who wants to sell. And it's very difficult to, to get a manager in when the manager hasn't got a clue who's going to be owning the club to start off with. And also, you've got an owner who... You know, it's, it's debatable if he's fully invested in it anyway. Like he's shown in the past, he's quite happy to go down. I say quite happy. He's he's not. It's not the end of the world to him if they go down. And then two, 
more the fact that who are you going to convince to take that job? That's your problem more than anything. Because if I think I feel like if you were going to get rid of Bruce, which I could see, you know, you could. Uh, the only way they get someone is internally, which then begs the question: Why bother? I don't know. I think that there's someone out. Like, I think at this stage with ten games left, I don't think it's more about. Like I said, Eddie Howard, I take that back because I don't think you even need to go that far. I think sometimes, with especially how bad they're doing at the moment, if it goes on two, three games, a change is worth it. Whether it's someone internal, how many times have you seen just a um, appointment late on? You think, well, that's crap, and he turns around. Like I'm thinking, Mark Hughes at Southampton, like Mark Hughes, desperate for a job. Just if he came in and the contract was just look, Mark, you got eight games, keep us up. And I think Ashley will want to do that now more than ever because he is looking to sell. And obviously, he'd get a lot more money with them being a Prem club than being a Championship club. Or the alternative is bring Alan Shearer in. Yeah. yeah, They've done that before, and and it hasn't worked. I can see them doing something similar just because I think the change, just it does give an impetus. It does have an effect more often than it doesn't. Having read some of Shearer's articles, I think uh, I think it's fair, a fair bet to say that he won't be the guy. Oh no, might, no, I no, I as in I get yeah. you, as in it's a club legend, but I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. Shearer's actually slotted like Ashley, so I think his days, I think he's out of the running. But like I understand your thought in terms of you get, get Kevin Keegan for eight games. Joke near, <laughs> yes. joke near. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, it's okay, no. Friend of the podcast, <laughs> joke yeah. near. Oh, well, I'd pay to see that. Oh, my God. <laughs> right, then. So, moving swiftly on. So, we're moving on from the, from the depths of the Premier League to uh, the elite of European football. So, uh, this week, so this is Tuesday, and for the next two days as well, we have fixtures from U, uh, UEFA Champions League and Europa League, round of 16. And uh, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that we all have a hot take. Fellas, the floor is yours. Your hot takes for the Champions League or and or Europa League this year. Who wants to jump in? <laughs> I, I will. I will. Well, right, come on then. Right. Okay. So I'm going to take you back in time, boys. <laughs> for the last few days, right? I mean, things are not going well for Liverpool at the moment. For the last few days, I've just been in this kind of like days. And I've had this feeling and I've not been able to get rid of it. So I'll just take you back in time, right? And it's a magical time where nobody's heard of lockdowns and the only people who wear a mask are those in the weird parties at Alberta likes to pretend once in a while. <laughs> okay? It's a time where Kerry Clarkson has just been bumped off from number one in the charts. Okay? And the woman who's taking her place is another female artist called Gwen Stefani. The song is this. Did you hear that? No. No. <laughs> Let me do this. Let me do this way. Let me do this way. Do we remember that Okay, so it's it's a big time. It's the year that Tom Cruise jumped up and down on a sofa telling the world he was in love. Brad Pitt stars in a movie alongside Angelina Jolie, which obviously set the groundwork with Brangelina, as we all know. I think it's Brangelina, they call it anyway. And finally, so the it. world's sexiest man, as voted by People's Magazine, is Matthew McConaughey. Okay, it's a time of change. I don't ever say, boys, I don't do my research. 
because this is clear. <laughs> it's a time of change. Iraq has held its first free elections since the overthrow of Saddam Hussein. North Korea agrees to stop building nuclear bombs. Same-sex marriage is legalised in Spain, Holland and Belgium. This is an important one. Condoleezza Rice, a black woman, is a new Secretary of State in the US. Pope John Paul II dies. Catholic <laughs> world is in mourning. And a hurricane ripped through New Orleans and would cause devastation, leaving millions of their homes. Yet, the city came together, fought back and rebuilt itself. A testimony to the human spirit. It's a year full of ups and downs. A year full of heartbreak and hope. <laughs> the year you ask for us? 2005. Yeah. As all of these incidents are occurring across the globe, there's a team just going about this work, performing a miracle of its own, scraping through the group stage thanks to a last-minute wonder goal from their captain. They dispatch a plucky German outfit in the last 16, beaten by Leverkusen 6-2 in aggregate. Next up, the mighty Juventus. Stunning the Italian champions at Anfield on the first leg. Luis Garcia scores a half volley from a mile out. They win 2-1. Now they're after Turin. Second leg. Rafa Benitez, masterclass. Carrigan Hoopia, stand tall. Liverpool get a nil-nil draw. The best nil-nil draw you will ever see. And I stand by that. Liverpool progress 2-1 on aggregate. All the while, the team is absolutely tanking it in the Premier League. <laughs> Floundering. They're dropping points weekly. Champions League qualification is slipping away by the game week. Stay with me, gentlemen, because next up, it's the big one. It's a semi-final. It's Jose Mourinho's juggernaut of a team, the newly crowned Premier League champions, a team that's built to win this competition. They are a staggering 33 points ahead of Liverpool in the league. They draw nil-nil at Stamford Bridge. You're back to Anfield, under the lights. Petr Cech pulls down Milan Baros. <laughs> Garcia nips it. It's a goal! Or is it? It's a goal! <laughs> Chelsea are furious. Anfield is bouncing. Miracles are happening. Rob's big man is at work here and I'm not, I won't have anyone tell me he's not. Anfield is rocking. JT is crying. Lampard's in shock. Gerard and his un- unlikely group of players are on their way to a European Cup final. They dispatch Jose's men and they're going to Istanbul. Awaiting them in Istanbul is AC Milan. An incredible team. Filled with footballing superstars. A midfield of Rui Costa, Gattuso, Pirlo, Seydoff. And it's going to line up against Jimmy Traore. The man, less than four months ago, scored a back heel on goal at Turf Moor. Now, that guy is up against Hernan Crespo and Shevchenko. Kick off. Goal. And another one. And another one. 3-0. Liverpool are in shock. Half-time arrives. Something happens. Rob's big man's at it again. <laughs> Does his work through a lanky, tall German by the name of Dietmar Hamann. Is he Jesus reborn? I wouldn't go that far. But he could certainly feed 5,000 with five lords, judging by the way he breaks up AC Milan's attacks. The star-studded team are space-jammed, as I like to say. Gerard gets one back, raises his arms and sprints back. A young Nathan Burke is screaming the players down. Schmitzer! 2-0. What's going on? Penalty! Alonso fires in the rebound and Deezer's initial say, and it's three hard! Look, but stay with me, my friend, stay with me. I'm with you. <laughs> barely hang on. Shevchenko can't, I can't believe Dudek's here. Gerard's playing right back for 20 minutes. Carragher can hardly walk. He's got cramp. It's gone to penalties. Dudek's let go of funny. 
But I would just think of an arbor all day, yeah? And then when you forget to go to Fusion King and then you feel a bit like that, did that's what Dude Dex doing right now. He makes <laughs> it safe, becomes an hero, and Liverpool are Champions League winners once again. Igor Bishkan, Jimmy Traore, Antonio Nunes, Scott Carson have beaten Maldini, Stam, Nesta and Cafu. Miracles can happen. <laughs> A year of heartbreak and hope. The heartbreak of millions this year. People who haven't seen their friends and family. But it's a year of hope. There's a vaccine on its way. We're on the way out. My question is, does 2021 have similarities to 2005? A team <laughs> devoid of all confidence. A team in free fall, yet getting results in Europe. They dispatch a plucky German team in the last 16. 2005, it was Leverkusen. 2021, it's Leipzig. No. I told you the Condoleezza Rice is important. A black woman <laughs> in a black woman in government. This year, what happened? Nathan, who is the vice president of America right now? Do you know? Uh is it Kamala Harris? Is that her name? It is. A, a lady. A black woman. Yeah. Can you see the parallels now? <laughs> I, 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 I saw them ten minutes ago. Can you see them? <laughs> I, 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 I've set the dream up. Can you start seeing them? Here's my take. Liverpool are going to get through tomorrow night. They are then going to play Juventus in the last next well, in the last eight. After Cristiano Ronaldo pulls them through against Porto. After beating Juventus over two legs, they're going to draw Pep Guardiola and Man City. Bearing in mind, these are the champions elect. Can you see the parallels already? It's Mourinho and his Chelsea team. It's Guardiola and his Man City team. They're going to play each other. They're going to have no hope. Liverpool are going to stun the world. Nat Phillips is going to be the main man. He's going to be the new Sammy Upia. And then they return to the final. And do you know where the final is this year, lads? <laughs> no. Do you know where the final is? Istanbul. It's, it's where, sorry? Uh, Istanbul. It is in Istanbul. <laughs> and awaiting Liverpool in the final will be Bayern Munich. Liverpool are going to win the Champions League this year. They're going to qualify for next year's tournament to win it. And once again... The holy ground of Istanbul is the place it happens. Thank you. I mean, that's got me believing. I got good thumbs. Word I mean, for word, that's what I was going to say. I hope the can be good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, boys, it's, it's been a quiet day for me today in work, so I, I'll... Uh, <laughs> I, I mean... I've, I've How many classes have we told that in? Right, listen, kids, sit down. Tell me what you think. Tell you a story. There's 30 kids who have another work mark today, so... <laughs> I know. Like I said, uh, I'm all in on Liverpool winning the Champions League this year, so I'll do it. I don't know how to follow that up. Why not? I, th- I think we just leave it there and go to draft, because, I mean, Jesus Christ. I'll, uh, I'll do one for the Europa League, but what? it's going to be one sentence. <laughs> I suppose to a lifetime. Um, <laughs> for similar reasons, I'm going to go, Steven Gerrard wins the Europa League at Rangers. I feel they've got the feel-good factor going on. Um, they've Domestically, they've got nothing to play for, so they can rotate more than any other team. I don't think there's any other realistic team, like challenger for the Europa League, in a similar position. Um, I think the stuff he's doing there, it's, the turnaround is unreal. And every time I see them, I'm impressed with the way he plays. And, yeah, I, I think if he came up against like an Arsenal, for example, I think, yeah, Arsenal got a better squad. But I think that's... I think football the last 
12, 18 months, you've seen that I think quality is probably not even half like what you need. I think it is more attitude and feeling good and feeling comfortable. You've seen our Liverpool at the moment and Rangers have got that to a T. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go Rangers for the Europa. Nice. So, and if he good. does, and if yeah. he does, uh, then I think he walks into any job he wants. Even the yeah. Liverpool job? Well, if that's a job he wants, yeah. <laughs> I actually had a whole thing written down for uh, Europa League. Is that <laughs> <laughs> it goes, I guess. Uh, I, I'll, I'll bring us back. Are, are you going, James? <laughs> All i got to say is, I'll, write, I'll read it to you now. It just says, Una Emery and Villarreal, why not? <laughs> uh, I'll bring us back to the Champions League and I'm going to go for consecutive years that PSG lose in a final uh, I think they've already more or less won the, the leg against Barca but we know what happened a couple of years ago but this is a totally different Barca team uh, and I think they can luck their way out to some nice draws but I think they're going to get to the Champions League final and it'll be the second final that Maurizio Pochettino loses in the space of three years. Oh, yeah, I forgot Pochettino. there. So, yeah, I think they're bottling against Barca, to be honest. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that because that was my hot take, but it was just in a different way that Pochettino is going to silence the haters, finally, and win the biggest trophy you can win League in club football and win the Champions League with PSG in his first season. Well, no, I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Barca do turn around. I honestly can't believe I that after sure. all the connections I gave you that you're not all back in Liverpool in the Champions League. <laughs> For my life savings, I don't know. I mean, there are so many parallels. You just you just can't walk away from that, boys. <laughs> honestly, it's, it's unbelievable. I, I'm honestly, I'm speechless. No, I think, uh, like I said, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to tomorrow night now where Liverpool go out and then I'll just get <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Any any other hot takes? The only other one I had was I fancy Dortmund to go far this year, but then they lost to Bayern Munich again after going two and up. So I might revise that. But yeah, Haaland guys scored 100 goals by the age of 20. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, he's looking. Um, so yeah, I fancy Dortmund. They always, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. I think they might do well this year. I'll say it. Barca will go through. Okay. No, they won't. Yeah. They'll lose and Ronald Koeman will be sacked straight Leo Messi's last big story. They've just had a new president elected, so I think he'll make a bold statement if they if they get knocked out by PSG. And he'll clean house, get rid of them, and start again. So yeah, maybe that's my hot take. Ronald Koeman gets sacked after this evening. He didn't deserve the job in the first place. Very hot take. Right then, so now on to this week's draft. I know, uh, go to you, Mr. Luke Buttle. What have you got for us? So, this is inspired by, and Sims is doing a lot of inspiration this evening. <laughs> um, he's mentioned a couple of times on the pod, and I think it was over the last week or the week before, he asked the question, I look at Phil Foden, and I ask myself, would I go for a pint with him? And the answer was no. Which got me thinking, <laughs> this would be a fantastic draft to do. So... This evening draft is when pubs reopen on the 21st of June, which current Premier League player slash manager would you love to go for a pint with? Now, what I will say is 
it can range from, as I imagine Sims will do, just going for a quiet little pint, maybe two, three at a push if it's a Friday night and Hannah's said, yeah, you can go. And then to the extravagant of you have a pint in the pub on a Friday and you end up in a different continent on the Sunday night. <laughs> I don't know what's happened, but it has. So feel free to go anywhere between those lines and enjoy yourselves. <laughs> and I've just realised I haven't done a question. So <laughs> I'm sure you did this last time. I will think of one on the spot. So calm, not coming back at you, it is after that slail dig. Do you know what it is? <laughs> Joe Wicks. What we'll say is, um, is one manager that we're not allowed to say, because I think we'd be fighting over him, probably all of us except Sims, and that's yeah. uh, Big Sam Aldice. I don't think there's anyone I'd like right. to go for a pint with more than Big Sam. Yeah, it's the Big Sam Memorial Draft. Right, I've got a quick question off the top of my head. So, Peter Crouch played for many clubs over his illustrious career, made 73 appearances for Tottenham. How many goals did he score in that time? And I will start with our host, Mr. Robbo. I will go for 24. Okie doke. Dirk? 19. Sims? 21. Cool. So, closest to was Burke. Then it is, I think, Sims. And then it's Rob. He actually only scored 12 goals for Spurs. Poor return. Was, boy. Did score some important goals, but yeah. Nowhere near Plus that with Jermaine Defoe is more about the partnership than the individual. So, the order of the draft, I think, is Burke, Sims, Rob. Um, myself. Take us away. Um, yeah, this one I'm ended up on a different planet, not a different continent. After a few, after a few hours, <laughs> um, it's I I seen every draft we do. I name this guy as my pick. Like no matter what the category is, this guy <laughs> just fits it all. And <laughs> it's my favorite Premier League striker. It's Jamie Vardy. Yeah. I just think it's just carnage. I can't see. A quiet pint happening. I can't see a pint happening. I think I sit down and he gets straight shots in. Yeah, because they're ready waiting for me. Like, what we say, oh, should we meet to seven tonight? Yeah, I get at seven. He's been there since three o'clock. He's absolutely off his face. He's, <laughs> yeah, I, I'd love I'd love a night with Jamie Vardy. And I'm going to leave that. Not going to clarify just the pub. I'd love a night with Jamie Vardy. <laughs> Strong first choice there. I can see that being taken out of context. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Chris Wilder. Now, I have in the past actually rinsed him for his take on substitutions, but I mean, I was just oh, what I felt about that incident. You can I actually quite like them, Yeah, no, I actually really like Chris Wilder. I think he's a tough Yorkshireman. I reckon he'd be happy to chat some nonsense with me. Um, I mean, we'd be in a pub with if, if he wants to go to a nightclub, we'd probably go in. But the important thing Chris Wilder is, we're going in and he's not going to start ditching me going all over the shop. He's just chilling out like I am. And then he probably gets bored in there and he's like, oh, fancy to find another pub. So we just probably walk back out, find another pub, which I'm all done for, really. So, And he seems like a good laugh. So, yeah, me and Chris, I reckon we enjoy a good two points <laughs> together. Me and Vardy flicking you from next door. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like he'd enjoy a good all day in Aberystwyth, wouldn't he? Just pubs yeah. galore. Yeah, I just think he's old school, isn't he? He's old school kind of guy. Same as yeah. 
Right. So with my two, I've gone for polar opposites. So for my first one, I'm just one to... you're picking for now. Yeah. yeah. yeah, well, yeah. For my first one, uh, I'm going to be. I want someone to wine and dine me. A sophisticated evening. You know, having a lovely chat over a steak. And uh, I, I, I feel like I need to have a have a lot in common with this uh, person. So, goalkeeper, tech. <laughs> Tim's already, already unhappy about the goalkeeper to the list. But a man of faith, tech. Supports Liverpool. Well, I do. He plays for them. And I'll have a lovely little sit-down chat. Who also plays guitar, tech. I'm going to have a lovely sit-down chat. I'm going to be wine and dine. I'm going to feel like a million dollars, okay? And don't worry, Piers Morgan, okay? Alison Becker won't do to me what Megan Barkle did to you because we'll have a bond forever. <laughs> I have to bring it up. But yes, Alison Becker is going to be a lovely meal. Only the two, of course, because there's a special offer on in the, rest, in the restaurant. But I'm going to feel fantastic after it. I'm going to get deep down in to be, hey, mate, no, words of affirmation. You're fine. You're great. You're one of the best in the world. You're fine. Don't, you know, don't let the mistakes, you know, get on top of you. You're one of the best. And then the next night, I'll be going out with my next pick. So, but before then, we'll come to you, Luke Buttle. We will. We will. Now, so I got two picks and I got some choices. So, the first one is going to be draft related. Now, this guy has had a sensational season. Sensational. Nobody thought of it of him. Everyone thought he was done. He was nowhere near this quality. Shouldn't even be in this league. Should be in the championship. Not having a sniff. But I saw this guy and I thought, this guy's got something. So I'd love to take him out. Go to go have a pint. He's privately educated, so it's probably going to be a high-end pub. <laughs> Pints are going to be a bit expensive, but that's fine. It's fine. I'm happy to pay for it. Happy to pay for it. Now, he's been around the block a few. He's been a few different places around Britain, so he's going to know a few people. He's going to know a few nightclubs, a few pubs here and there. He's going to get me in some places. That's the worst pick I've ever had. And he also speaks French, which always helps. And he's a cracking-looking lad. Lovely. So he's a full package, in my opinion. And he's done nothing but wonderful things for me in draft this season. So my first pick is going to be Patrick Bamford. And after his interview the other day, he seems like a good lad. Seems like a bit of a laugh. But he's my first pick. Yes. Can I just, sorry, can I just ask you? I've always thought that you and Patrick Bamford have a lot in common. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about when you're sitting down? But... No, we talk about anything. Talk about anything. That's the beauty of going for a pint in the pub. No limits. <laughs> Talk about anything. No. I can't see. No, I can't see it. I'm sorry. No. Now, my second choice is very simple. It's the current oldest player in the Premier League. And they're taking to a weather spoons, sit him down and go. So, John Stones or yourself, Phil Jagielka, who would you pick? Which way are you going? <laughs> and I'll leave it at that and see where the night takes me. See what Phil has to say. And that's my second pick. So, Rob, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> right. So, me, it, so this for me, um, I'm torn on whether there's going to be a pub in, in Britain or if I have to go abroad for this. But it's also draft related. And it's a guy that I paid a high price for, which didn't return. So, let's say we, I'm on a flight. 
I'd gone to Belgrade in uh, the Serbian capital. And I'm out there. And who do I bump into? An old friend. Big number nine, Alexander Mitrovic, or 45, as he used to wear. And I'm like, you know, what's up, Ali? You know, fancy a pint? Yeah, yeah, come on, come on. Next thing, next thing you know, the drinks are flowing. A couple of geezers eye us up. And I'm just like, oh, you know, Ali, I don't feel safe. Hey, Rob, don't worry. I got your back. Alexander Mitrovic, he looks like he's 55. He's 26. That's the guy you want, you know, want ahead of you. He's, he's got an old head, even though he's, he's ridiculously young. He's been around the block. He's probably been through plenty of Serbian wars. He's probably involved in the Serbian mafia. Who knows? But this guy got me protected. So we there. We finish our drinks. We go out. And I'm just like, look, I don't know what the Serbian food's like, Gali pal. You know, I, I you know. Show me what you got. So we get into an un unlicensed ta uh, taxi, obviously, because it's Serbia. Nothing against the Serbians, but, you know. <laughs> I feel like they're going to take Yeah. If you have any Serbian listeners. <laughs> and uh, we go, you know, we go into some, you know, Serbian specialist restaurant where they have, I don't know, goat's testicles or whatever. And I'm just like, Ali, are they nice? Yes, Rob. I have them. I have a chaser of some tequila or something with it. Next thing you know, we're about 10 tequilas in, having a whale of a time. But unbeknownst to me, Ali's gone rogue, okay? He has started an absolute, absolute chaos, and we've gone back to Yugoslavia in the 90s. The countries are torn once again, but I feel, I feel like the, the fee that I took for him in the draft would have been repaid that World War Three has started. So Alexander Mitrovic... I can't wait for that night out. I can't wait for World War Three to happen again. And stay safe, lad. When you say World, World War Three to, to happen again, again when, when was the last time? Oh, you know, Iraq is more or less World War Three, isn't it? Champions League, Istanbul, you know, they all linked together. <laughs> so, Alison <laughs> and then Mitrovic, are you all? The, the two Alis. Yeah. <laughs> It's a That's pretty a big difference as well. One's yeah. a big a god fearing Christian, and then the other one is part of the Serbian mafia, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rob is on yeah. medication, so don't take no notice of any. It's true, but. Yeah. So when it came to players, I instantly ruled out anyone under the age of 23 because I felt there'd be too much of like a glam when I doubt. So, for example, the Phil Foden one, isn't it? I'm thinking, I'm thinking of these youngsters these days. I'm, Honestly, yeah. It's just not for me, like. So I've ruled out anyone under the age of 23 to start off with. Then I've ruled out anyone over the age of 35 because I just feel like chat-wise, we're kind of pushing it then. You know, we're grow I've grown up in a different kind of era. Even Phil John. Yeah, I just feel, you know, like we're going to be talking about things from childhood and, you know, it's just not the same, is it? You know, things went on. So for me, the sweet spot was 24 to 30 years old. I wanted a guy with a bit of personality, but I didn't need a hot dead. Like, I couldn't be asked for a fight on my doubt. Do you know what I mean? So I went for Connor Cody. And the reason I went for him, good lad, good lad. Looks like, looked like a good, good, good few stories, I reckon. He's been about a bit, you know, done the youth, done the youth uh, team in Liverpool. So he knows the Liverpool a bit. Steve but he's also then, yeah, he's also been, well, you, you never know. He's got a good few contacts on his phone, I reckon. And, um, and he just knows the score in terms of, you know, the line when to be crossed. I reckon he's a lager kind of guy. And as the great David Brent said, me, Lager, Connor, Lager, Chris, Lager, sometimes like that. 
<laughs> different drinks. Different drinks for different needs. And that's who I would pick. And who was your first pick again? Chris Wilder. Chris Wilder, yeah. Chris Wilder, Conor Cody and you. I'm not coming to that table. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm on night out and I'm seeing that table, I'm like, ah, oh, nah. Jamie, let, let's get out here. I'll be honest, I've never looked over at Jamie Vardy and thought he's my type of guy either, so... It's <laughs> it, depends, it depends what type of night you want, is it? Um, and I feel like I need a, someone who can keep him in check. So the guy I'm going to pick now is actually, I'm going to have a pint of him, but he doesn't drink. I'm sure he'll have a, a non-alcoholic beverage. But um, I've gone for a different tack to Sims, whereby the over 35s you room out. Because I feel these people have been around more. So they could actually tell me stories because they've been in the game longer. They were around 15 years ago when there were real characters in the game. The Roy Keens, the Alan Shearer's. Just as those characters were coming to the end, this guy's working on the scene, getting all the stories. Um, so I'm going to go for one, James Milner. I feel he's a great laugh. By all accounts, all the Liverpool players say he's always the last one up in the parties, even though he doesn't drink. Apparently, he's got some moves as well. Uh, I've read his book, and yeah, he's, he's a brilliant laugh. We've all seen that he's a good laugh. So yeah, it's me, James Milner, and Jamie Vardy. I'm having a mad run. Just, just on the one night, you three. Well, it'll be every night. Fantastic choices. Like a I mean, I, I'm getting wined and dined and starting a war. I mean, I feel like I'm the real winner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'd love a night. Me, James Vardy, James Milner. I think it's got everything you need. Good variety. I'm happy with my choices. As am I. <laughs> I know which one's going to jail. You pardon, Phil. Either <laughs> Jamie Vardy or me for war crimes. That's and also, I feel like the Jamie Vardy shout, I, he, he's just going to do you nothing after a while. Like, there's only so much you can take of somebody like that. Yeah, but I feel James Milner has got a very good sense of humour that we can kind of make jokes about him without him getting offended because he's not going to be the sharpest tool in the box. It's like, I feel me and James could share a look and we'd know what we're thinking. Like, as a table, as a group, I feel it's got what we need. If it was just me and Vardy, I'd probably agree with you. But I think James Milner is the perfect kind of Ribena, if you will, to the to the group. <laughs> but I reckon it's like, that look only goes so far until you turn up for like the sixth nightclub and they've been chucked out for the last five. And then the, the bouncer's like, no, mate, you're not coming in. Look at you, remember mate. earlier you said you've gone for... Um, Chris Wilder because he's not going to leave you like James Vardy is so we're going to have our break naturally just from him just doing laps of the nightclub like he just, he just can't stop just be Vardy he passed out to the toilet for no work yeah <laughs> just loads of empty Red, Red Bulls Bull <laughs> yeah and right also there. sorry one more thing we didn't consider with James Vardy your night out is going to be plastered all over the papers next day with his wife <laughs> oh I mean, nothing's getting kept that. secret. Nothing's getting kept secret, eh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I've had my worst moments out there as well. I mean, we, we can both join, join forces, isn't it? Milner will keep things in check, I'm sure. Yeah. Good, good. Right then. So, to finish off this pod, um, we'd like to have one question at the end. And... Uh, I think we're going to you, Mr. Burke, 
what do you what have you got to finish us off? Well, it's actually uh, based on someone we've discussed, and this question was kind of indirectly asked earlier, um, but I didn't want to expand on it. And it's uh, Mr. Stephen Gerrard. Based on what he's done at the moment, do you feel he could, like, is he ready for the Liverpool job? Do you feel he needs another job in the Premier League? Do you think if he has another year or two in Rangers and wins the SPL again, that's good enough? Where do you think uh, Gerrard's career, career goes next? A few more years at, at Rangers, maybe if it's just one more year. Um, obviously, securing the title, but obviously doing well in Europe as well. Uh, with them winning, they get to go. They get to play in the Champions League now, so it'll be interesting to see how well he does there. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd say at least one more year before he walks walks into a, a bigger job. I'd I'd probably, um, but to start off with, I mean, I don't think Klopp's going anywhere, so you know it's going to be a few years anyway, but. I don't necessarily feel like he has to take another job before the job, but because Rangers is a massive club anyway, and you've got a lot of external pressures in terms of the rivalry up there. So you are used to, you know, to, to, to dealing with a big club. But even even though Rangers is a big club, Blue Blue is an absolutely humongous club, and I and I feel like to just walk into a club like that is a very very difficult thing to do. So for me, I I think he's gonna have to prove a lot more before he even is considered for that Liverpool job, in my opinion. Because I just think winning an SPL or two. I mean, he did well in Europe. That's probably the one thing I would say. But you know, even that, you you know, with all due respect, it's Europa League. It's it's a bit of a weird year. You'd want to see a few more years of of success for me before I'd consider him. Because I just think it's it's a massive job to expect him to come in at Liverpool for me. But stay Rangers, I think. I don't see why you need to leave. Um, little dynasty there, they've only just won the league again after 10 years. So, yeah, I'd stay, see what Celtic do. Have a little challenge there because that's that'll be the caveat. You know, Celtic being so bad, yeah. Obviously, it's clear that you know, his, more caps and the his dream is obviously the Liverpool job, understandably so. Um, if Klopp did go after, let's say Klopp has one more season and chooses to go, not this summer, following summer, would you, especially Robin Sims, feel comfortable with Gerrard taking a job at that level, um, Liverpool job at that time, providing, let's say he had another good year in Scotland and won the league? I think it'd be important to see what he does in the Champions League as well, to see how he kind of plays against the, the, like the top tier opposition there. Um, I I would be quite nervous, really. As much as much as I love the guy, I'd be very very nervous. Um, because like Klopp's transformation was incredible, and in in about what fifteen months time or sixteen months time, when he, if he was to take a job, who knows what players we have and what he's able to do with us. So. Uh, I would be against it. I, I, I'm going to contradict myself a little bit because I said about, you know, you, you want to see him do it in Europe. But in fairness to Gerard, I mean, at the end of the day, you, you are managing Rangers and even the best Scottish teams, you know, the, the really good, I think of the Martin O'Neill Celtics, they were never, you know, prolific or any, you know, any a real threat in Europe. So I don't quite know what I would expect 
to see from Gerard to be able to say, oh yeah, that's it. But I do, I fully agree with Rob. I, personally, the only way, I, the only reason I'd want him to take the job in 16 months is if the other candidates who were being linked were of an of a standard that I wasn't particularly pleased with. Um, I, I I personally would wouldn't want it to happen. And I am I'm pretty resting in the in the first place of him getting the job. As much as I'd love to see it, I also am pretty nervous in terms of I don't want him to to fail like Frank Lampard has. Um, and I mean you know it. It wouldn't affect him because he'd still be known as an absolute, you know, the probably the greatest player, if not one of the greatest, and you know him or Daglish. But I don't know. Two sixteen months for me would be too early. What if you said it? Obviously, depends on the other candidates. Like people have kind of had that kind of discussion already about who they'd be. And I think if you see Shabby Lonzo, you see um, Linda's uh, club's assistant name there, and Gerard. They're the three who are always highlighted as the main three. Obviously, none of them are. Jared is the most qualified as a manager. Um, so that it does seem to be the because I don't see Liverpool going out and getting a kind of two like Chelsea have. I feel they would go for more a manager who's kind of doing the step up and there for the project. Maybe a Nagelsmann could be a show, but like I don't see them going for a short-term fix. They would go for a project manager, and I think. Jared would fit the bill a bit more than the others. Yeah, I think out of that list, I'd still, for example, I take Nagelsmann straight away off that list if if he was available out of the four we mentioned there. Um, and then in terms of Linders, I, for me, it would depend on where I live in sixty months. So you know, if if they've come back next season and they look more themselves, and and you think, well, yeah, they're in a strong position now, then. Yeah, I would probably look at Linders. I think you know you bring continuity. He's clearly a very good man, you know, coach. But as I said, it's, it is a different job, and that's yeah. the important thing to remember. But um, but then obviously, if, if in sixteen months Liverpool aren't competing, and you know it, it has tail off, and unfortunately it isn't quite working, well then yeah, you look outside, and then Gerard would be would be the option. But I think a lot of things would have to fall in place for me to think, oh yeah, this is Steven Gerrard's no. Personally. Uh, but and uh, finally from the outside kind of looking in. Jared to Liverpool, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, amazing story. Amazing story. Um uh, if it did happen. But I tend to agree with Sims. I I I would be wary of bringing him in if I'm Gerard. I think how old is Gerard? Uh forty. Yeah. I mean you've got plenty of time to just you know, chill out a bit. You got Time to get that job. Um, he's also got time to kind of rule himself out of the job. Like if he goes somewhere and has one bad year or something, he's ruling himself out. Yeah. I think you can't afford to wait. I think same with Lampard. I don't if blame he, him for taking the job yeah. because you've got to take the opportunity. If he could go off the job, then obviously he would take it. I can't talk about that. But um, yeah, if if they don't offer it to him, just carry on what you're doing. Show that you're good enough to do it. You know, he's obviously looking good at the moment. Um, so I think uh, just take your time, see what goes with the cards for. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. So it sounds. Thank you. Well, that concludes uh, this week's episode of the podcast. We are about to go and watch some European football, and hopefully, it is a week full of great action, no VAR controversy, and we will be back with you next week. Adios. 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 Cheers.